Hey everyone, this is John from pureandsimplebible.com and all this month we are still considering kids and their impact and value in the Christian faith. This week, let's talk about Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. This is one of the most tender and emotional stories that Jesus preached. The reflection verse for this podcast is Luke 15, verse 7. Let's hear that verse together. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Let's begin by listening to a song that's related to the prodigal son. I want you to listen to a single verse and think about what they're talking about in the song. A father granted to his son the blessings of a true fortune that he might go into the world and live his life of sin. The son went off on down the road, forgot the things his father told. He knew not what the future held, cause he wanted to see the world. Like this son today, they've left the father and fallen away. Pray that they might be like him and come back to their home. I am intrigued to know about what happens next in that song. Joining me once again to talk about the good news concerning the prodigal son is Ken. Hi, Ken. How you doing this week? Hey, John. I'm doing pretty good. Ken, what do you think about when you hear that song? Well, I don't want to spoil the moral of the story, but I really liked how the song told it. And then the chorus turned the focus from the prodigal son to us who are alive today. The chorus began with uh, words that said, many are like this son today. And it makes me think that this prodigal son finds application today and every day. You're right, Ken. In fact, Luke 15 is one of the most powerful chapters in the Gospels because Jesus teaches three stories to emphasize the profound secret of the kingdom of God. Grace. What do you think about when you hear that word, grace? Well, when I hear the word grace, I think about help that I don't deserve. It's something that I could never earn or buy, and usually it's the opposite of what I do deserve. That's an excellent definition. Grace means unmerited favor, and you're absolutely right. Grace is the opposite of what we deserve. This is one of the key concepts of the Christian faith. The Bible teaches that when people reach an age of moral accountability, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, and yet we can be forgiven from this sin by God's grace through faith. So, how does grace factor into the story of the prodigal son? Good question, Ken. Let's take some time to consider the parable. Jesus starts by stating that a man had two sons, right? So, one day, the younger son decides he wants to leave home and move off to the big city. He asks his father to give him his share of the inheritance. Wow. Asking for the inheritance is pretty bold. I know, I know. And we can pause here to consider that this young man's selfish request has consequences. If the father gives him the inheritance now, it means that the whole family's going to suffer. Oh, okay, I get it. It's like, if I had two sons and one of them asked me for an inheritance, I would have to sell pretty much everything that I had just to give him the money right away. Right, right. Now, so if you had a car and you had to sell it, how's the family going to get around? 
or if you had to sell the kitchen table or the TV, what's the family going to sit at or what are they going to watch? The point is, the selfish son's request had consequences beyond himself. That's really crazy, and yet the father still does it. I know. You see, the father represents God, and God wants to have a relationship with his children based on mutual love and respect and based on choice. So just as God won't force you or me to to live a, in a godly way, the father doesn't request or require that the son stay. Okay, okay. So the son gets the money. And when I read the Bible, I see that he runs off to some big city and blows it all. Yeah. Yeah. And how sad that he had just received that special inheritance. And then he just goes and squanders it so quickly. In fact, the Bible says that a famine overcame the land and the young man was left with nothing. No money, no friends, no hope. Oh, man. And the next part gets even worse. He hired himself as a pig keeper for a local man, mm. and he fed the pigs, and uh, he had to care for, like, all these messy animals. So, you know, to look at, to look after pigs, rather, was really embarrassing. It was disgraceful for a Jew at that time. Yeah. So Jesus paints this really degrading and ugly picture, you know, here, and it looks like this guy has really hit rock bottom. I agree. I agree. The Bible says he even longed to eat the food that the pigs ate, but he couldn't. His condition is just the worst. So, Ken, do you know what happens next? Yeah, he comes to his senses. It's like a light bulb went off in his brain. You know, back at his father's house, there was a better life waiting for him there. And somehow, if he could get back there, even living as a servant, it had to be better than what he was doing then. You know, Luke 15, verse 17 through 20 says, and when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. Man, how do you think he felt when he came over that last hill and saw his old home? I, I imagine he felt terrible. I mean, he's he probably wearing tattered clothes, smells like pigs. <laughs> he's completely broke. Yeah, and he probably was preparing himself for like the most embarrassing lecture of his life. Right, right. He, he probably even rehearsed what he was going to say to his father, hoping that he could be expected back as a, a slave or a servant. But something interesting happens next. Yeah, it does. Uh, the father comes running to him in verse 20. It says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. You know, I get teary when I think about that. I, I imagine the father watching him come over the hill, and in that moment, everything changes. While the son is miserable and broken and walking, the father drops everything and runs to him and embraces him. You know, I've never really thought about it like that, John, but the father is willingly hugging and kissing his son who has betrayed the family. He lost his inheritance and literally smells like pig. I know, right? I mean, what a great picture of God's grace. That son did not deserve such a welcome. And in fact, it only gets better. It does. The Bible says that the father calls the servants to get shoes, a robe, and a ring, and in simple terms... He's showing that he still cares about his son and he's restored to the family through these actions. You know, I imagine him taking his son by both shoulders and looking directly in his eyes when he gives that order. The father also declares in verse 23, 
Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Now, you would think that's the end of the parable, right? But it's not. Oh, that's right, Kim. There's more to the story, specifically about how the older brother feels with the young prodigal's return. But for now, it's the end of a connection to God's grace. Will you explain what grace is one more time? Sure. Grace is getting help that we don't deserve. It's like a gift that you could never earn or buy. It's God's favor and forgiveness that is offered to each of us. Amen. And this parable is part of a series of stories about those who are lost and need God's grace. Jesus is explaining that God's grace is available for anyone who is willing to repent. And I like that this parable uses a son and a father. The relationship that parents and their children have is one of the most powerful that we have. Absolutely. And when kids read this story, they can relate to it. There are times when we may disappoint mom and dad, and there's consequences for that. But at the end of the day, mom and dad love you very much, and they absolutely want the best for you. That's true. And their love is intended to show their kids that God loves them completely as well. That's right. Great connection. I want to keep talking about it, but the time has come for us to wrap it up. Thanks for discussing the parable with me, Ken. Lord willing, I'll see you next time, right? I'm looking forward to it. All right. Bye, Ken. Do you remember the song we listened to at the intro of this podcast? It was called The Sun. It was written by David Edwards and sang by the group Brother to Brother. I was able to get a hold of Aubrey Ballard. He sang the lead on the first verse and chorus of the song. Hey, Aubrey, as the singer of the song, how did you feel as you went through it? When we recorded the song together, I was 15 years old, and so I mainly related to it from the son's point of view. Um, now that I'm a dad, Going back and listening to the song with my kids in the car, I'm able to see it from the father's perspective, and it makes the meaning of the song that much richer and that much deeper, and it's just incredible to think of how much God loves us as his children. What are some takeaways from the message behind the son? Uh, sometimes this story that Jesus told is called the story of the prodigal son, and that's not a word we use very much. But the word prodigal just means wasteful. And so what it's saying is that the son's choice to leave his father and live a life of sin was wasteful. And the story is not glorifying his life of sin at all. Instead, it's saying that it was an absolute waste of his time and his energy. And so the Bible reminds people today, especially young people, like in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1, to remember now your creator in the days of your youth. And so I think the story challenges us um, to stay faithful to the Lord. Mm, yeah. Uh, another thing, uh, this story gives us a picture of what true repentance looks like. The Bible says in Luke 15 and verse 17 that this son came to himself. In other words, he came to his senses and he realized his uh, unworthiness, but he actually turned. He was remorseful enough that he turned and went back to his father. And if there's anybody who's left the Lord's church, who's unfaithful to God, uh, the story encourages you to repent of your sin and to come back to God. And probably the, the best part of the story is the compassion of the father. I agree. I agree. This father never stopped loving his son. In fact, when he looked down the road, the indication is that he was waiting for his son to come home. 
And so when he saw him afar off, he ran to him with open arms. And that should really be our attitude today. We shouldn't be like the brother who was upset when his father welcomed his brother, but we should have the same attitude as God does about lost souls. We want them to be saved. In fact, there's a really good Bible verse to remember in James chapter 5 and verse 19. It says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Thanks, Aubrey, for the insight. Let's all listen to the sun together and spend time appreciating its value and what it adds to our Bible dialogue about the prodigal son. A father granted to his son the blessings of a true fortune that he might go into the world and live his life of sin. The son went off on down the road, forgot the things his father told. He knew not what the future held, cause he wanted to see the world. Many are like this son today, they've left the father and fallen away. Pray that they might be like him and come back to their great song. You can find it along with every song of the week on the podcast page at pureandsimplebible.com. While you're there, please check out the other podcast videos and study resources that are yours to use absolutely free. Do you remember the reflection verse? It's Luke 15 verse 7. Let's hear that verse together one more time. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I am so grateful to consider God's grace this week and how I can apply it to my walk with Jesus. How about you? What are some ways that you'll internalize God's grace? Talk about it with someone you love. And if you'd like, send me a message at pureandsimplebible at gmail.com, all one word. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you next week. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.